don't like to emphasize the negative, but I think that because the sermon is written to disciples who love him and who want to be in relationship with him, there's a natural question after do not be like them, which for me is, then how should I be? And that's what he's telling us in the sermon. He's hitting it head on by, in many, many cases, I mean, certainly the Beatitudes is one way, right after that salt and light. Throughout, he's saying, here's what the world looks like, but here's what you should look like. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and today we'll be learning about kingdom citizenship, as we'll be starting a new series focusing on the Sermon on the Mount as found in Matthew 5-7. through This series will be different in that it will be an eight-week study with five daily programs to help you study the Sermon on the Mount in a much deeper and more reflective way. If you want the study material or more information about this series or other resources we provide, you can find them all on our website, studywithfriends.org. Now, let's begin our study. Day three, week one, the usefulness of the sermon. I'm a friend of, I'm a fan of hitting things head on. And we've talked about Old Testament things, the law, keeping the law, Moses, New Testament things, understanding what Jesus is calling us to do. So I want to ask you all, and I really want you to be honest, and you can say, this is how I feel, or this is how I think people around me might feel, or this is things I've heard. Tell me what portions of the sermon seem impractical or irrelevant. Are the standards he describes practical? Is the sermon useful. I know what the correct answer is. Okay, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> if you said yes, then we'd have no episode. <laughs> well, the, cor- the correct answer is, is it useful? Yes. All the time. Yes. Are we always living in that? That's where the challenge is. I think I struggle because I like to meet expectations, and this is clearly laying out expectations, and I know that I fall short. So then what has... What has to be part of my conscious mindset is, but through God's grace and mercy and the power of the Holy Spirit, number one, I'm forgiven when I fall short, but two, there's a redemption there. It's not check it off because I'm never going to check these off. Okay. I can't be all of these things all the time. Right. I'm, I'm an imperfect person. Yes. And mm-hmm. so we need our Savior. Mm-hmm. Right. The law points us back to our need. Mm-hmm. All the standards point us to the need for a partnership with Christ Mm -hmm. and not, as I've called it, a behavior modification program. The Sermon on the Mount, James, the whole Bible, the law, none of it is a behavior modification program. The behavior doesn't change first. The heart changes first. The heart towards the Lord is the key to everything that follows. Mm -hmm. A saved by grace through faith heart. But there's still some pretty challenging passages in here. Yes. Marilyn. He sets the bar very high mm-hmm. when he says being angry with your brother equates to murder or looking lustfully, you might as well have committed adultery or someone demands your tunic, give him your cloak too. It's certainly countercultural mm-hmm. and it's difficult even for Christians sure. for, to turn the other cheek. Sure. It's a high bar. <laughs> and, and then to top it off, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Right. Again. As Fatima said, we can't do this on our own. No. 
This is only through Christ and the Holy Spirit. But people on the outside, not having Christ, look will look at this and say, yeah, right. Right, Why? right. It feels very impractical. Right. Mm-hmm. Impossible. Mm-hmm. I, uh, in particular, I won't use the word struggle with, but I know I've got miles and miles to go with the eye for eye. Jesus is how he, you know, if anyone asks you to go a mile, you go two miles. And so I know, you know, when I uh, put my Christian heart to it, that in doing that, you disarm your enemy and you, it kind of gives you power, you know, to, to, to be um, humble. Being humble is a powerful position and being, you know, so, and all that sounds good, doesn't it? But the flesh just doesn't want any part of it. No. It just, you know, you read it and you're like, really? Come on now. Yeah. So that's the one thing that I, I know many have a lot of labor with. Challenged by, mm-hmm. convicted. Yeah, thanks for being honest about that. But, yeah, so it is verse 6, 8, um, which we, we will talk in pieces throughout that that verse 6 8 which says do not be like them is really jesus emphasizing kingdom living so i don't like to i don't like to dwell on the negative do not that that doesn't land with a lot of people although i do appreciate a list of like stuff i should be watching for (laughs) i'm not gonna lie like i like the lists okay that's good let me let me be checking off i guess i'm showing my flesh that's what it puts Uh, right yeah be Mm -hmm. alert like, tell me the things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I don't like to emphasize the negative, but I think that because the sermon is written to disciples who love him and who want to be in relationship with him, mm-hmm. there's a natural question after do not be like them, which for me is, then how should I be? And that's what he's telling us in the sermon. Mm-hmm. He's hitting it head on by by in many many cases i mean certainly the beatitudes is one way right after that salt and light throughout he's saying here's what others here's what the world looks like but here's what you should look like here's how the world esteems you here's how the kingdom and and the father esteems you here's what the father wants and so to me there's a usefulness in the practical, like I'm saying, like not not a list, but like teach me. I want I want him teach me how how I can live in a way that pleases you, yes, but also increases my intimacy with you. Mm-hmm. What are some things I can focus on, Jesus? Right. So if I were sitting down with Jesus, of course there'd be a lot of conversation. But one of the things that I do in my prayer time is. I always leave space. I I talk to the Lord. I ask for forgiveness for the things that I know that I did. But then I always leave a little blank space Mm -hmm. that I say, Lord, what did I do that I didn't even realize that displeased you or hurt somebody? Would you show me that so I can confess it? Because I don't want anything to be between us. And that's how this feels to me as far as usefulness. Mm -hmm. Show me. I want to know. I love you. Mm-hmm. It's an obvious, it's a low, it's a low hanging fruit question, but I think we should do it. What are some ways or qualities described by Jesus in the sermon that are different from the world or deeper? What are some of the ways that we're called to behave that the world doesn't see Christians 
as? The world has an idea of who Christians are. I think the world sees us as full of judgment. Yeah. It's the first thing that came to my head. Same, same here. Very and imposing. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because some of us are. Real talk. Some of <laughs> us are. Some of us, I think, are a little confused about what Jesus. Some of us are just confused. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not getting it. We right. missed, somehow we missed it. Missing, um, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so correct me, but missing the point on how we engage the world for Christ. And everything has to have a healthy dose of love in it. Mm-hmm. And the world has to see that. Yeah. And sometimes we, you know, drop off the love and we just come at them. And that's why, you know, you're talking to your kids and they're looking up in the ceiling like, oh, God, is this mm-hmm. going to be over soon? Yeah, Lord. yeah. And then you remind them how much they're loved and you get their attention. Yeah. Yeah. But but I guess what you're saying is maybe lead with the love. Lead with the love. Right. (laughs) Start with that because it it gives relationship. You know, I mean, that's what Christ modeled while we were still sinners. He loved us, died for us. Speaking to what Christ modeled, meeting people where they are. Everyone isn't in the same place. So when part of the problem with um, Christians being perceived as judgy is that we're expecting everyone to be where we are in this moment, forgetting that our own faith has been a journey that led us to this point. So if I'm holding you to where I am now, I'm forgetting I wasn't always right here. Amen. Uh Amen. And actually tomorrow I might not be right here. I'm here in this moment through the grace that I have in this moment. I may need some more grace extended to me in another. And so to your point, you do have to lead with Mm. a gallon of love. Right. (laughs) As opposed to a spoonful of judgment. Wow. I actually heard you say something, and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I heard you um, actually Christians judging other Christians. Both, yeah. I think Christians judging other Christians, Christians judging Mm non-believers. I think both of those are things to consider. How do you think we do that human nature-wise? I think we do that. Why do we do it? Why do we why do we want to judge other people? Oh, that's a big one. Makes me feel better right. that I'm better than you are because right. uh, I don't do that. It's uh. an instant gratification. Or even if I'm not better, we're in the same boat together. So it's like I'm not that bad. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. And that is the enemy of our salvation. When we want to find ways that we are self-justified. And that's what Jesus is so serious about cautioning against. I think, too, our, our, um, it's about judging other people. Sometimes I think our flesh keeps trying to put us on the throne. Of course. You know, we're not on the We keep trying to put ourselves on the throne. You know, we keep trying to displace God. You know, you can't, and then when you... Take yourself off the throne, then that's where the clarity comes, and you realize you can't judge. Uh, like that's a no-no. But maybe I'll talk to maybe I'll talk to her. Yeah. Like you, you your humility mm-hmm. comes back. Mm-hmm. And you guys are actually saying all the same things because it's yeah. it, when we feel the humility of I needed the grace mm-hmm. yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then it's easy for me to be like, of course you do too. So I'm happy to give it to you. Um, the throne only has room for one. Yes. So if we're on it, Jesus can't be. That's 
Great Aunt Sharon. And if he is, we can't be. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's good. What are what are some other ways? Um, just thinking about the sermon as we're still sort of in this casting a vision for how we receive the sermon and how we process it and internalize it. Um, as you read through it, what are some other um, qualities that Jesus prescribed that maybe were particularly challenging or seem hard to accomplish or maybe impossible? Hmm. I mean, you said one, Marilyn, therefore as your father is perfect. Yes. <laughs> perfect seems impossible, right? Hmm. Even the golden rule is tough, mm -hmm. you know. <laughs> I've had... had heard people, you know, modify it, modernize it, do unto others before they do unto you. Oh, you gosh. Know? And it's, it's not really what the rule mm. says, but it's, it's how our culture thinks. Yeah. I mean, we are so narcissistic. It's mm. about mm. what can I get? How can I get ahead? Doesn't matter who I step on. So this is really countercultural. Yeah. Um, but it's what the Lord said to do. Yeah. It's hard to be a swim, salmon that swims upstream. <laughs> the, the flow is this way, and we're called, commanded to swim the other way. Where does your strength come from when you're called to do that? It definitely, I always ask for the Holy Spirit when I'm recognizing it, that I am feel like I'm fighting this battle or, or fighting the waters. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, for a time I will fight it and say, I can, I'm not a swimmer, so whatever, paddle harder, right. I, I can work harder, but you always hit a point where you say, I'm going as hard as I can yeah. and I can't, I just have mm -hmm. to release and depend on God and he will be the one to pull me in that direction. Yeah. And we, the culture that we live in, especially in the U S, um, is so bootstraps mm -hmm. that um, I think our first instinct is just kick harder, fight harder. Mm -hmm. But Jesus in the sermon is saying, first, your heart, our relationship. Then, act, and I know that you guys are all mature Christians, you know the actions are so much easier when you focus first on the grace and the love, and the mercy, and the relationship. Like if you're just sitting with the Lord, receiving him, soaking him in, if you do that in the morning, your day is different. You're just like, your mind is different, your heart is different, your spirit is different. We don't have to fight to bear the fruit. You know, um, this great devotional I read once, and I say it a lot, um, the title was Grapes Don't Grunt. Mm. <laughs> and it's about, if you are on the vine, just stay on the vine and, and the vine being Jesus and the fruit will come that grapes don't have to exert themselves to be grapey. Mm. <laughs> they're just naturally grapey mm. because they're connected to the source of grapiness, <laughs> right? right? So grapes don't have to exert. <laughs> we don't have to fight right. this challenging manifesto as john stott calls it that jesus um, john stott says the sermon is the nearest thing to a manifesto that jesus ever uttered for it is his own description of what is he wanted his followers to be and do 
And of course we're going to receive that as a to-do list of like bear down, power through, be what he said to be. But that's not the, that's not the move. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And we don't need to grunt this out. Um, and I, just, I love that. Grapes don't grunt. Mm-hmm. We don't have to mm-hmm. huff and puff our sanctification. God is at work doing it. Um, so that was good. Other, other ways um, that you can see that either... Um, call us to be countercultural or um, maybe the way the world does see us already. Talk to me about anything else in the sermon that, um, that you feel like really raises up that, that witness mm-hmm. and usefulness for you. Well, yeah. um, you don't want to ever behave or even think in a way that uh, pulls you out of fellowship with him. You always want to be in fellowship with him and you don't want to risk that or because it doesn't feel good. I mean, we, we know that it doesn't feel good when you're out of fellowship with him. So if that's always in your head then you don't have to grunt when you make your grapes, right? If you stay in fellowship with him, and that is um, what will keep you swimming upstream. Um, yeah. Maybe a better visual is not the salmon swimming upstream, but... Somehow, I don't know a better metaphor, but like Jesus pulling us upstream. That we aren't, the salmon do it of their own strength. They have to jump, oh, they do have to jump out of the water to make way, right? So maybe we have to jump out of that cultural flow every Mm -hmm. so often, or as actually as much as possible. So maybe the salmon is a good example. But Mm. we're not on our own. That Jesus is actually a current in and of himself that that pushes us forward. And interesting, like okay, that. I'm going to develop the salmon in a minute because it's counterintuitive. Salmon need to stay under the water to breathe, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they're jumping out in faith <laughs> of the flow. They're jumping out of the flow because they know it's going to get them to where they need to go. And that maybe that's, you know, sort of the... Knowing they're being carried. Yes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And it's the way they were designed. You know, when I think about, think about um, Christ on the cross and that moment he was separated from the Father. And for him, what could be worse than being separated from the Father? But he was separated because of the sin he bore Mm -hmm. for us. So why 
would I separate myself from the Father? By engaging in something that'll separate me. So that's something that keeps me straight when I'm tempted sometimes. And the sermon is filled with ways that he's helping us understand what those experiences are. Be like this, not like that. This is the way. Um, This honors what I'm teaching. This honors the person and work of Christ. Um, Yeah, really helpful. Other other thoughts on Mm -hmm. countercultural, other passages in in the sermon itself that maybe challenge or uh, or edify you and, and that you find useful. Do we have time? Yeah, <laughs> we do. We do. We do. We do. Uh, rejoice in persecution. That's a little countercultural. Um, let your light shine before men so that God gets the glory. Mm. Countercultural. We all want to glorify ourselves. Yeah, Look what so I right. did. You you're know. so right. Love your enemies. Mm. Mm. That is definitely countercultural. If you don't like me, I don't like you more. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like you first. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And, how can and my friends it? aren't going to like you either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my best friends will side with me. <laughs> Let your conversation be yes. Yeah. Don't swear by anything. Just mm. yes or no. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, my gosh. Do we Oaths feel on and that truth. One? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, th- there's so much. Uh, there's so much to get into in that that day of study with truth, oaths and truth. Um, yeah. Because we're accustomed to a culture that lies to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. And so we have this extra strenuous, no, I really mean it. I promise. I swear. Mm-hmm. That's not necessary if everybody always told the truth. Right. Right? So that's countercultural. Yet let your yes be yes and your no be no. What else? The need to retaliate mm-hmm. to get back. You hurt me. I need to hurt you. Or I don't like what you did, so I'm going to do something else that you may not like because I know you don't like it. Just so you know how it feels. You need to know how it feels. Yeah, and we feel better. Mm-hmm. There's um, oh, that's a whole thing, Fatima. Yeah. Taking justice into our own hands and letting justice instead of letting justice belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's gratifying. Mm-hmm. Okay, that debt is settled. I settled it. But I'm sure, as mature Christians, you've experienced things and you can't settle that debt. That debt is just sitting there. And you'd have to trust the Lord to settle that. That's brutal. That's rough. Because we want to be justice and vengeance. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Countercultural. Do not be like them. Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study with Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. 
Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry. And if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.